Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. It's Janelle here, and this week we are doing another interview with someone I found on Instagram named Guy. He's a content creator, global traveler, travel hacker, and travel blogger, and podcast host himself. He's got a lot going on, and he's traveled to about like 20 countries and has a lot of interesting advice about travel that he shares on all of his platforms. So welcome, Guy. Hey, thanks for having me on. So Guy, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, For people that are not familiar with your platforms, let us know where you're from and how it ties in with travel. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from the tri-state area. And so for that, that really means I was born in New Jersey. So a lot of my family is still there. And I was basically raised and went to school in Connecticut, studied finance. Um, And then as soon as I could, I escaped to Connecticut and went straight to the city. So moved straight to New York, uh, where I spent about the last seven or eight years. Um, Up until the pandemic, because in New York, you know, we were fortunate we had a car we were able to kind of travel and explore around New York, but so many things were shut down and it was really restricted. Uh, We decided to just move across the country to San Fran. Um, So from one Mecca of a a pandemic area to the next one, Um, but still California, even if it's shut down, has so many parks and things that you can do. Um, You know, we've been able to kind of explore more of our backyard and and still be able to travel. So that's a lot of how it kind of relates to me. And then, for, a, for what I do professionally, um, I'm a management consultant as well. So prior to COVID, I spent about 40 uh, weeks of the year on the road traveling, whether for business or, or personal, but both. Um, and so that kind of directly uh, leads into why, you know, I actually picked the role so I could travel more and it kind of build that into my DNA. So travel has always been a part of uh, who I am. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I feel the same way. Um, I was saying before that I kind of did the same thing, except it wasn't major cities. I moved from like a small town in Virginia to a small town in Oregon. So (laughs) I say like I haven't traveled a lot, but I moved across the country and it just feels like I've been on one long vacation or like one long holiday. (laughs) Yeah, but Oregon's gorgeous too. There's so much to explore out there. And I think once um, once we hit summertime, I'm going to do a couple of like Pacific Northwest trips. That's oh, uh, yeah. high on the list. Yeah, summer is the best time to be here. 
any other time of year, it's just raining yeah. <laughs> and cloudy. So I wouldn't recommend it in the winter at all. <laughs> um, so what inspired you to start a podcast? Yeah, you know, I actually started my blog, my travel blog first um, towards the end of 2019. So, you know, I was actually working on a project in, in the Portland area and it's still in Oregon. And um, you know, I was actually, I was in the car with some, so in consulting, you're, you have a team, usually you run a car and we would go from Portland over into Washington every day. And we would just go over this one bridge and we'd see Mount Hood and it's just gorgeous. I don't know, if, I don't know if anyone's listening or has ever seen that, but it's, it's amazing. And I was just talking to a buddy about how much we both love travel. And he's like, you should definitely just start something like a blog or something, or, um, even do tours or something in the city. And I was living in New York back then. I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And so I started it up, figured out how to use WordPress and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And I was like, how do you run a travel blog during COVID when you're not traveling? <laughs> uh, so I was, I was definitely a little bit demoralized. Like it, it was, it was kind of hard. Um, and I was like, man, this, you know, I'm not traveling as much. I don't, I didn't feel like I could even run a travel blog. It didn't make much sense to me, but then uh, I was just talking to some people about, about traveling and where we're going to go next and some of the tips. And that just gave me so much energy. So for me, I'm like, you know, what? I'm not traveling, you know, in writing, it was never the fun part for me, but I could talk about travel all day. Um, so, so the podcast just became a forum. It, it really, for me, it, I try to make it feel like two friends who are sitting down at a coffee shop. And if you're listening, it's kind of like, you know, you're just a fly on the wall or like you're the person sitting in the chair right after it's super conversational. And that just felt more real and authentic to me. So um, I just wanted to kind of build a little bit of a community where we could talk about travel and still get hyped. Um, so that way when travel comes back, which is where we are now, um, we're already ready. We're already planned and we're going to hit the kind of hit in the ground running. So that's, uh, that's really why I wanted to start it. Yeah, no, that's, um, I mean, that strongly resonates with me because that's quite literally almost how this this podcast started um yeah like we were well my friend was always into like content creating like she's had a youtube she runs a business and does all these different things that are content related and i had no parts of it but i definitely love to travel and so she kind of suggested like why don't we just do a podcast and um it like it started off really strong and then COVID hit and I was like well what are we gonna do like (laughs) we're we're not traveling Mm -hmm. anymore (laughs) and but then like I realized there is such a huge community like that's just not really networked with each other of black people that travel all over the world and so all I had to do was just like reach out to them or DM a few people talk to people I knew and the next thing you know like people like you were contacting us and so now it's like somehow this safe space where travelers can talk about their experiences and (laughs) the countries they've been to the fun they've had and people just like to listen I guess (laughs) yeah I love it I mean uh, I heard one of the episodes recently where we're talking about like how much how much of a spend you know the black community has in travel and it's it's so funny because all these like myths I'm, I'm gonna call them at this point where black people don't travel and it's like, no, we just don't have as much representation. So I love that you guys just went out and just started the podcast where we could have a kind of a safe spot for a forum to have discussions and talk about, um, you know, the things that affect us, right? And we, we mm-hmm. you know, we travel and it's different. And when you go to different communities and cultures, like, how does that relate, relate for us? You know, there's tons of content out there and travel, but 
my one of my focuses too is like how do we get a little bit more of the representation right so it, it feels a little bit more realistic because you know the money's there like we we spend money like we we are out there we we have metrics to show that we're traveling and um i love just finding other other communities that we can have have these kind of discussions with definitely and we even did an interview with someone that's kind of like up your alley like the finance thing um i don't, I don't know if you listen to it um his name's Sheldon, I forget the actual episode title, but he talks a lot about travel hacking. And I know you delved into that a bit and you're into the whole finance world. But oh yeah. <laughs> what's like if there was only one piece of advice you could give everyone listening, what travel hacking advice would it be? Um, you can plan your dream vacation on any budget. And it shouldn't be scary. And you don't it's a, a lot easier than you think, right? When I, um, I got in travel hacking, travel hacking back in 2015, 2016, I was lucky. I had a mentor who was like, do this, do this one simple thing, do this, do this one simple thing. And I had like two or three things that I ended up doing. Um, and now, you know, I basically set up a system where almost all of my flights are free. Like I, I was saying before we off the show, like I, I just got off a flight uh, from California, I'm in Connecticut right now. And uh, my girlfriend and I, and, you know, our our flights were five dollars. Oh, wow! <laughs> we, caught, we 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 spent more in coffee than we spent on the flight. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and the, these are just things I, I would never have known. And this is we talk about like representation, right? Like, um, people have known known about this for years. I talked to on my podcast. I had an episode where um, one of this travel hacker. She's a mom. She's like in her mid forties. She travel hacks her whole family. And, you know, she was talking about how her mom got her into that because her dad was a pilot, like her mom and dad were, were pilots back like in the seventies. And this has been a thing forever. Um, and we just don't know about it. We just don't have access to it. And a lot of it, it's like, you know, you, you have to use some systems that we typically just didn't have the resources to do before. And now we do. So um, again, I would say you can travel to the dream spot, like Maldives. I mean, I've been to 20 or so countries um, all through Europe and Asia. Um, and you can do it for less than you would think. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure you have all the great tips. Make sure y'all go check out his podcast and his blogs and find all the tips he has because nothing's better than free flights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what was your most recent travel experience? Have you been doing any COVID trips? Yeah, nothing crazy. So, I mean, granted, I did move to California for a reason and I sure. wanted... I wanted it to be safe and then, you know, be respectful, especially of cultures and communities like that. So um, I moved to the state where I thought I could do the most local travel. So 20, you know, 2020 into 2021 has been a lot of kind of day trips from the San Diego or San Francisco area. Um, mm -hmm. So a couple of trips I've done uh, snowboarding a few times in Tahoe, which I love Lake Tahoe. It's about, um, it's on the California Nevada border, about three hours north uh, east of San Francisco. So pretty, pretty quick drive, but a gorgeous drive too, um, has appeal in summer and winter. Uh, it's a, a really small kind of cult, like community, um, where a lot of people, you, you typically rent like an Airbnb is kind of the move where you get a hot tub and a pool table and you get a whole bunch of people and you get your cabin, um, and you spend the day skiing, or if you're there, um, in the summer, there's fishing, there's the beach, um, a lot of water activities too. So awesome spot. Um, so it's one of the areas. And then, um, we've actually explored a few day trips south of San Fran. So that whole coast between, let's say, LA and San Fran, that Pacific 
um, Pacific Coast Highway Route 1 is gorgeous. And I heard a lot about this for years. It's like, yeah, man, if I ever get there. Um, and it, it definitely looks at the heights. Cities like Santa Barbara, um, Slow, uh, Monterey, Carmel, all things I would, I would look up. But they're all these like, coastal towns that are kind of cozy and just gorgeous views. Like you, you sit out there and I, I have a drone, so I always try to fly my drone anywhere I can just get these views. But you're just literally at the edge of the country. <laughs> it just doesn't. Be, it just. It just. Feel, it just hits different, right? Like, I've. I've always lived on the East Coast. You go to the beach. It's like, eh, it's fine. When you go out there, it's all just these endless cliffs and views, and you can't even see the end of the horizon. You're like, oh, okay. Like this. This is where this <laughs> continent ends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. Um. I study like. Well, I studied environmental science in undergrad, and I'm a fishery science graduate student now so these small beach towns are like why I live <laughs> <Low key. laughs> but like I've I've done like Monterey Bay I've done uh, a lot of like Santa Barbara a lot of those like small beach towns yeah. vibes in California and throughout Oregon too like Newport um, Lincoln City Seaside they're all really beautiful and the vibe is definitely completely different <laughs> than the east coast um, I remember when I first kind of came out to the West Coast, the first time I was here, I was in Southern California in San Diego. And even there, it felt very different because like the water is not as warm as it is, yeah, <laughs> as it yeah, is. Yeah. and the waves are real waves rather than like you're used to on the East Coast. So like, it's just, it was a completely different environment. And then moving here, I recently got my like scuba certification and I was doing that in Oregon and <laughs> it's very different than if you were to get certified in Virginia or Florida where like you see people doing it on TV, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the water's like 20 degrees. <laughs> it's, it's freezing. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I got my scuba license in, in Rhode Island and I mean, you're just full wet suit. Like I, I remember being in the pool first and then you go in the ocean and it's like murky as can mm -hmm. be. It's like gray and crowding. And then all of a sudden, my instructor's like, "Oh yeah, they're like there might be eels when you go down. Like just just don't touch those." I'm like, "What?" And I'm like, oh now I'm like, if I touch it, if I see eel, what am I do? I'm like, jump to the top and like get the bends. Like it's so it's so scary and funny. But you're right, right? Like the beach culture, especially. I'm sitting here. You know, I've been in California since July, and I'm like, well, when is beachy? Because like California, it's oh, it's the weather is always nice. Um, the water gets kind of cold. And I'm just used to like on the East Coast, you go to the beach, it's kind of calm, it's sandy, you're, you're, you get there early, it's chill. In California, it's like the edge of the continent cliffs and stuff yeah. and these waves. And I'm like, <laughs> people swim here? And it's like, no, people just, people go they to the beach. We were, they're just hanging out. They're, like, yeah. they're on the beach in their hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely... Um... Yeah, you're not really like laying out and just floating in the ocean there. Right. <laughs> the waves right. would carry you away. <laughs> but no, that's really cool. I, I like to hear more people on like the West Coast and like their opinions. Or I like to hear people that are like lived on the East Coast that moved to the West Coast because they always have very different opinions than like people that I were know. born there. I mean, you mentioned San Diego and the first time I went there, like 2016, I just remember landing. And I just always smile every single time I'm in California, like in, in San Diego, especially <laughs> you open up the blind and you see palm trees and you're like, palm trees? Like, what is this? This is freaking incredible. <laughs> um, and the other thing you might, you might get a kick with me and Barry's that we were in, um, we were in Monterey a couple weekends ago. We stayed at this like amazing high that has a great view, but we went whale watching and we saw um, one of, 
what they said was one of two albino uh, whales or um, oh, wow. albino uh, dolphins, which was just, they call him Casper. Um, oh. And it was so much fun. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. The um, Monterey Bay Aquarium ha- is like the best aquarium like anyone could ever visit. <laughs> I like I highly recommend if anyone's in that area, definitely go. It's so nice. And like they are really big on like sustainability and like conservation. And they have a lot of like really cool um, educational outreach tools that will like inspire anyone that's like not even interested in in those types of things it'll <laughs> still inspire them to care <laughs> i think we could all use a little bit more of that and i think um it was closed when we went there i think it's actually opening this weekend for Ooh. members and then it opens to the general public um the middle of may oh nice okay that's exciting i'm gonna put that on my to-do list <laughs> for the summer <laughs> We talked a lot about like the positive things of travel, your favorite things about travel. What would you say is your biggest travel mistake? Something you would warn anyone from ever doing? You know, um, I've been extremely lucky and I put myself into some interesting nebulous situations. Um, <laughs> one, I mean, one of the first big international trips I, I went on was to, I went to Brazil for, for Carnival, first trip. And like and this was just before the Olympics, like 2016 time frame, and they were like, there was a lot of scrutiny, and people were like, yeah, it's not safe. And so like, you know, what? I would say, just like in New York, California, I would I would argue like some of these other like California is probably safe. more dangerous than, yeah. than New York right now, right? Like, but like if you go if you go to the worst spots, then yeah, like stuff is stuff is kind of bad. I mean, I, I lived in the South Bronx for the last couple of years, right? Like if you know what you're doing, like you're fine. Um, so I'm in Brazil, and I'm like, I really want to go hang gliding. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it is, it is absolutely, you look at the pictures and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to jump off this thing, be in the air. Like, it's so cool. And they, you know, they do a transfer, they pick you up from the hotel, they bring you up to the top. And all of a sudden I get to the top and I'm like, wait, wait, what am I doing? And they make you sign this like waiver for insurance. (laughs) And like, like you basically pay them money to say like, if something happens to you, like it's on you. And I'm like, wait, why am I paying for this? (laughs) And uh, so we get to the top and I'm, I'm super amped. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hyped about like getting ready to do this. And then they're like, Hey, we can't jump because like, there's not enough wind and like, not enough wind. Like what if we were up there and we already jumped in there's not enough wind. Like there's these things you don't think about. I'm like, until it's too late. And until it's too late. And I'm like, my mom doesn't know where I am. And blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm like, what, what, what does this even mean? And um, as soon as, and we're just waiting there, you know, like when you're like, you're, you're fearful of something and like the longer it is, like the more fear that builds up. Yeah. Um, and I was like, sh- like getting ready to shake. And then it was time to jump and like, you have to run, like, you have to run off this thing. And uh, you do it. So the second I got in the air, it was incredible. Like, it was so much fun. It was gorgeous. You let me fly the thing. Um, and then you land on the beach, which is, which is so cool. Oh, that is- um, so like I, w- I would highly recommend and, and Carnival in Brazil is just an absolutely amazing spot too. Um, but to, you know, go back to your question, like I probably should have been smarter earlier on with things like travel insurance or just like having a plan. Um, since then I was kind of like, now on that same trip, I was being an idiot and like literally tried to jump this fence and like, I'm a bigger guy. I'm like six, two, um, <laughs> like played basketball all of my life, like as a child. And I'm like literally climbing this small fence and I just like, I just miss, like wasn't drunk, wasn't anything. I, I literally just missed. And I like cut a hole in my leg and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I am in another country. I don't know what to do here. So 
just like knowing some things like where hospitals are, like what your plan's going to be. And like I said, I've been extremely fortunate, so I haven't had a lot of like turbulence, but like it doesn't take much and it only takes one. So um, I've been extremely fortunate just to also learn from others um, about like just avoiding bad situations, you know, being, you know, I travel, I do a lot of solo travel and group travel. Um, but when I solo travel, I find groups and, and I'm around people and just kind of social butterfly there. So, um, kind of know how to identify what's a safer spot versus not. And I, I do give some tips on my, on my channel about, um, how to, how to safely travel as a solo traveler. Um, but is, is, you know, if you're putting yourself in a good situation, you have a plan, you just think about it a little bit ahead for the most part, you're going to be fine. Um, if you don't have a plan, then like if you, if you fail the plan, you like you plan to fail. So that's probably my number one thing that I started kind of evolving from when I was like a, an experienced traveler to now. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, I mean, we all, I feel like all travelers, at least experienced travelers have their like dumb mistakes. <laughs> like they've all had like that type of situation or like some type of crazy situation. Like I know I've had plenty of my own, but, <laughs> but you start to realize like, especially when you're a solo traveler, like you can't just, you know, fly to China and not have a plan. Like <laughs> right, you gotta right. have some type of plan. <laughs> um, and <laughs> flying to China and not having a plan is one of my, one of my <laughs> dumb mistakes that, I've had. But, oh, same. I mean, I when China, you talk about China, it's like all of their currency is digital. And mm. I'm such like a proponent. I went there actually just my last trip before COVID uh, was to Beijing for like 24 hours. And I was like, I was just going to go. I was, I was trying to like earn status and do some, some things like called a mileage run. So I was literally there. I saw the Great Wall and I kind of came back. And my thought was, oh, well, like I got really cocky. It's like, I won't need to pull out any any cash or currency. So I didn't do that, which is a big mistake. Like always bring out some local currency um, enough to get you from the airport to the hotel, which is super applicable because I didn't do that. So China is mostly uh, digital in their currencies. And they have two main two main apps that you use. And I tried to sync that up beforehand, which I highly recommend, right? Like figure your situation out before you travel. Um, because all of that time while you travel is so precious, like don't waste it there. Like don't waste your vacation time, waste your at home time and planning and, you know, nights yeah. and evenings and stuff like that. Um, but what I didn't realize when I was setting up these apps was like, they don't link to us banks. Like you have to, you have to link the apps to, to a Chinese bank or like set up an account that way, which was just, so basically I ended up taking the L there and I couldn't afford my, I couldn't, like, I literally couldn't pay for my cab. Um, oh. I was staying. I was staying at this amazing hotel, um, one of the Marriott properties. Who they ended up just paying for my. They paid my cab driver, and like we figured it out later, and they just like added it to the bill or whatever else. But um, so super nice of them there. But I was like, what else am I even gonna do here? <laughs> <laughs> I can't pay for anything. <laughs> I'm so stranded, and, and Beijing was not a very uh, English speaking country. Um, yeah. I've been so spoiled going places. That, like everyone, like. If you speak two languages, you're bilingual. If you speak one language, you're American. <laughs> and uh, that is just me. And I'm, it's so bad. And I, I'm trying. Um, but like you, I, I just take for granted, you know, you go to a country where they don't also speak English. And then you really, that plan, uh, you really need that. Or like you could just be stuck. I, I actually, in China, I, it's funny enough too, for a while, I did get stuck. 
And um, I couldn't figure out the public transportation for whatever reason. I couldn't um, access Google and things like that because there's yeah. restrictions on phones and socials and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like trying to ask people and I'm not finding places in English. So I'm like wandering and I downloaded the map. So like I know direction where I'm going. I ended up having to negotiate with like several different types of cabs. Um, <laughs> and they were all just like, oh, you're just some tourists. Like we're going to, they literally they tried to buy back you. the price on me. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, come on, man. And, but I had some American dollars on me at that point. I was like, I'll give you American currency. And I'm like, oh, let's, let's talk. So like <laughs> the other thing is like, you can also negotiate anything while you're trying. Like if you're in a bad situation, don't panic, like use a calm mind. And so I ended up walking around for like an hour or two, which is fine. Cause like, I was literally just kind of taking all, like I wasn't in a rush to figure it out. Um, and that allowed me to find, I ended up finding a guy who got me like 15 bucks and I ended up giving him like a $10 tip cause he didn't try to like, r- like rob me or rip me yeah. off at that point. I was like, here's your benefit for like being a good person. <laughs> Um, but if I had to rush or if I was panicked, I definitely, one guy wanted to charge me like a hundred bucks and I was like, no way. We're, and we're, we're talking about like, a 10 minute drive <laughs> oh my god no <laughs> absolutely not that's no I definitely understand like the struggles of not having money like that happened to me in Cuba um it was it was more so like a party trip and so like none of us were paying attention to any rules and by the time we got there we had no <laughs> we had no money um well we had money but none our none of our cards were going to be taken because they were all U.S. Yes. Yeah. so yeah, we we were like in the gift shop bartering with like pieces of gum and like things off of the cruise <laughs> ship, like, 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 <laughs> like, trying to get around. And I mean, it made a great story, but it did not make the best trip. I'll <laughs> be honest. Yeah, uh, it's so funny. Like sometimes those mistakes turn into like some of the best experiences, right? Like there was one one part where uh, we're in Italy and I can't read the signs right. And I just entirely mess up and put us on the train in the wrong direction, <laughs> which wasn't <laughs> oh, no. the first time that I've done. And it's, so it's, it's like that automatically influences like some of the reservations that you made if there's certain check-in points and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, huh, well, this part sucks. And like that, that literally happens in travel. Like that literally, that is travel. Travel is four to seven things go wrong. And yeah. how you figure it out is like, the experience and you know when you think about solo travel especially solo travel is such an accomplishment because you have to plan as much as you can before you go and then when you get there it's like throw the plan out because like something happened that you didn't realize <laughs> and you're kind of on your own to figure it out and yeah it might not be the most fun like there's such a concept between like travel and adventures versus vacations like it's entirely different than if you're flying to Cancun, an all-inclusive spot, which is, you know, I recommend too, but, you know, you're solo traveling, you're kind of emerging in the culture, like, you're going to get back, you're going to be tired, like, you just, you just accomplish something, but, um, you know, those accomplishments feel good, you know, it's part of, part of the story and, and your development, and it, it's the, it's the best education you can get on the planet, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, don't let Instagram fool you. Like, I mean, the pictures, <laughs> <laughs> the pictures are nice. And like, we, I, I'm sure a lot of people put a lot of work into getting <laughs> the great photos, but a lot went wrong for that photo to happen. I'm <laughs> just being honest. With <laughs> no well, doubt. I mean, I spent a lot of time editing photos and uh, yeah, I would say 97% of my photos never get seen. There's this one photo <laughs> in Iceland where I had to drag my buddies about 
an hour and a half one way. And gas in Iceland is like $9 a gallon Um, for this one shot because it was like the mountain in Game of Thrones. I was like, I got that shot. Like I I need it. I need this. It's like Pokemon. Like I gotta, I gotta catch them all. I I need this. I need this shot. And I was like convincing everybody. He's like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll go, we'll go. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's like you get the shine and, and, you know, I'm happy with it and that's all great. And then you would drive another hour and a half back to whatever you were doing. Uh, yeah, the photos are not the full story. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I feel like we are nearly at the end of our interview time, but this conversation went really well. <laughs> you had a lot of yeah. great stories. But I want to hop into my last couple like advice questions. And one is, what advice would you give to someone looking to travel more often? Yeah, from traveling more often, the usually there's two metrics. It's it's time and it's money. And time with COVID, I think we've all realized that working from home is doable. Working remote is doable. And in my job, I've been able to work remote a lot. So I can I can set up trips where uh, I'm basically taking a long weekend. I might I'll fly somewhere Thursday night, I'll work remote Friday, and then I'll have the weekend to myself to in whatever destination that I'm at. And then I either take Monday off or like maybe I'll take Friday off and do it, you know, a day here and that. But I can supplement some of the time by being able to work remote and just in some extent. I think more and more jobs are gonna allow for that and plan for that. So uh, so my advice is more on the financial component. And, you know, I, I like to teach and educate and give the resources on how to travel for free, how to travel um, and plan these trips on on any budget um, through some of these hacks and things like that. So I would say learn, kind of learn the game. And I call it a game because it's fun. Like you earn points, kind of your scoreboard. And, you know, I kind of use it for all my all my free travel and this year and moving forward. Great, thanks. And then my final question, which is the most important question of the interview, because I ask it in literally every interview. <laughs> but <laughs> why do you think it's important for Black people to travel? Yeah, um, such a good question. And I just remember if you asked me five, 10 years ago, like I think about 20 year old guy, would not have expected to be even able to go to 20 countries. Um, you know, if COVID hadn't hit, I'd probably be closer to 30 at this point. And I think the really important thing is we need to do it to understand other cultures. It's the best education we can have. And it's been a spot where we've been so, it feels like restricted because in our own communities, we're like, yeah, we don't travel. We don't go here. Um, there's a, a great um, IG person too. Her name is uh, Shajoyna, where she talked about like the green book and how we used to have a green books to show other black travelers like where you can go and still be safe. Like we just didn't know how to travel because you could go to a different city, not know the rules. And all of a sudden, like you're getting arrested or you're getting harassed. So it's, it's just been baked into us and into our community for years. Uh, however, it is the greatest education we can have. And if we can continue to share cultures and communities and go to these different places, um, that's what's going to bring back more resources into our communities in, in general um, and expand horizons. Like I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, or my family grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. And a lot of it is you talk about like escaping. And the only way to escape was like you were became a rapper, you became a basketball player, or you went to jail, right? And, you know, I really want 
those op- like I don't want those to be the only three options. And I think travel is such a great way to learn and build relationships um, that provide other resources and, and things from that nature. So I, I just can't, I can't promote it enough from the ability to just grow individually as a person. Yeah, no, that's a really good response. Traveling does op- open so many opportunities for you, whether, and it could still just be domestic travel. You don't need to leave the country to to right. travel. You can go literally anywhere. So, so many opportunities open up when, when you leave your hometown. <laughs> um, thank you for doing this so much, Guy. I really loved your interview. A lot of funny stories, a lot of great sharing that <laughs> I hope everyone else enjoyed just as much as I did. Um, where can the listeners find you? Find your podcast, your Instagram, all of that. Yeah, most of my handles are all are all travel with guy. I spend most of my time on Instagram, the website travelwithguy.com. And in the podcast, it's called The Last Plane Home. Uh, it's named after that feeling when you have a trip that's so good that you literally change your flight to the last minute. Uh, <laughs> so that's the last plane home, and that's on Apple, Spotify, all the other uh, channels and things like that too. Um, so yeah, shoot me, uh, shoot me a DM, reach out. I'm happy to answer any questions. Great. Yeah. I'll definitely link all of that into the show notes so the audience can easily find it. And I hope you guys do reach out, do an interview. His podcast sounds just as interesting. 